Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and the Shops at Status and by the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Lita has over 20 years working as an interior designer. She's now a full-fledged lifestyle expert, podcaster, and blogger. Status Life with Lita will take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Lita's mission is to bring her knowledge and fun teaching ability to help each of us design a life we love. My name is Derek Hayes. I'm the host of the show, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of the show, Miss Lita Brooks. Good afternoon, Lita. Hi, good afternoon. I have to apologize. I think one of those came out as leader. I've heard a few. <laughs> yes. I was trying to enunciate that T, so it slipped. Try. Lita. Lita. Nope. Try again. Lita. Better. Okay, thank you. Well, before we begin, a quick reminder that Status Life with Lita is You're brought- trying too hard. you got to say it faster. Lita. Status Life with Lita. Thank you. Okay is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, the Status Market, your online shopping experience, and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Ready? I passed it. I said it right that No, time. you're good. You're good. Yeah. It's, like our, it's our running joke, right? Well, yes, because I say it frequently, and <laughs> I get called out frequently for it. All right, before we start today, let's uh, talk about some updates on things. Um, tell me what's going on. Some you're, you're fun. Running again. Yes, I, start with that. I am. So I know we did a whole series on health, fitness, you know, tied some weight loss into there. Even uh, at the beginning of the year, remember I had gone into a weight loss challenge. And I am telling you, for me, the number one thing that is my mind, body, soul, it has always been running. And I'm very pleased to announce that I have gotten back into it full force. I'm running a few days a week, training for a race. It's just, that is my wheelhouse. It's the only thing that I will do consistently and I will train hard. I just, I'm, I like classes at the gym, but you know, I kind of do some and then I don't. And this is it. I'm a runner. And it's now time for me to brag about you because just the other day you hit 12 miles. That was yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yesterday, 12 I ran twelve miles, miles yesterday. So. That's amazing. And the yeah, first time and I'm you've still gone, here today. First time you've gone that far since your kidney donation. Well, and I really think that's why I'm patting myself on the back because I didn't know that this was going to be possible. Right? I'm in my mid forties, and I have had a kidney donation surgery, and I used to be a very avid runner before that, and I. I was really really hard for me to get back into it it's been very slow very painful a lot of really discouraging runs um and then i had covid and you know covid lungs and we've talked about that on a previous show too so the fact that i'm running consistently i'm running well i'm now doing some distance uh, i'm running a 25k in a few weeks so it is possible it's all possible and that's just i'm, I'm proud of myself i'm surprised and proud and just happy to be back in it. Well, you should be very proud. Thank the incremental you. steps you've taken, you started at, what, two or three miles, yeah. then five miles, yeah. then seven Four or miles. Five. Every week, right, for the long distance runs, right. right? So I'm running consistently five, three days a week, and then one long run. And a 25K so. is roughly how many miles? About 15. Wow. Yeah. So I've okay. already done 12, so I'm, I'm race ready. Well, as always, I'm impressed. Well, thank you. But, yes, yeah, so those of you listening – 
you've been on this journey with me if this is your first show or you've been listening the whole time you know that we have talked about this over and over and so I'm happy to report I, I finally found my niche and it is not found it for the first time but found it again um, and it is running reconnecting to it there you go all right now something else that you you did before that you're now starting to do again. I know what you're going to say. Uh, yeah, well this show is the just babies. just past Mother's Day. Fur babies. And she's now added three more fur babies to our household. Yes. And this is so a, a, over the weekend I got to tell the story about okay. it. So on Friday afternoon I get a call at work that there were three ferrets that needed rehoming and I didn't have a lot of details about the situation I was able to talk to the owner um, not really certain how that conversation went because in that conversation he did tell me that he had run out of food and that was like huh? what you don't have food <laughs> and you have pets like okay I got to go get these so I told you on Saturday I don't know what we're walking into I have no idea but go with me because I don't know what we're walking into. And I did. Let's just go look at them. Let's just go see if um, this is something that we need to do. And the minute we walked in, the minute I looked at you and I said, get them. We got to get out of here. Yes, get out of here fast. And we got to get out of here. And I'm <laughs> taking them with me. And we did. So now I have a very large ferret cage and three, not one, two, but three ferret babies living in the basement. We have three ferrets living in the basement. Yes, but I will say you haven't paid them one lick of attention. Well, and that's okay. Derek's not I'm aware sold of where they these. are. I know. I know where they I are. I know, but I do. We've been doing playtime. And I will say my kids are older. Um, right now they're 9 and 12, and they love them. If they were any younger, this would not have been a possibility. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you listening are going, oh, my God, blah, blah, ferrets. Like, that is the common reaction that I get when people hear about this. But they... It is a complete misconception. They are actually very, very smart. You can litter train them. They are equally as smart as any dog. They are way smarter than my cats. Um, you don't, people don't know that. They just think that they're like hamsters or guinea pigs. And somebody was like, oh, I couldn't wait to get my guinea pigs away. I don't like guinea pigs. I've never had them. I don't care about them. Um, but ferrets, they're, they're something else. And you have to see them and you have to know them. And um and that's it. Know. You've I had get, them before. I have you? had them. Right. This is not just something that came out of nowhere. Someone asked me to rescue them because I have training in them. I have had multiple pairs throughout my life. And how long so. ago was it that you had them before um, the, the ones you had? The about last 10 ones years. You had, about 10 years. About so 10 it's been years. about 10 yeah. years you've not They had both got put to sleep together. They were old, elderly, and they don't have a long lifespan. So. Anyway, so yeah, so that's exciting for me. <laughs> there have, but what I was saying about my kids, they can help. Like even yesterday, I was really busy and I needed to work, and my daughter was able to do their playtime because they have to get out of their cage and play and run every day. So it's, it's it's easier, and we're trying to do all that before you get home from work, just so you don't have to be bothered <laughs> with them. Yeah, well, you won't even know they're there, Derek. Well, you promised me they sleep like eighteen or twenty hours. They a day. do. They sleep about twenty hours a day. So that mm -hmm. I really and truly haven't seen them because, yeah, as you said, that's what I mean. You don't even know they're there before I've even gotten home from the office. Right. So, but we are now in the country. We've moved yep. out to land We've and property talked, yes. and barn. And so our neighbors behind us have goats and chickens. Everybody, and we have Neighbors right. that have horses. So now we have a slower pace, but yet we have furry animals. Are you loving it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I am too. I really am. I was nervous. Even, even when we bought the house and we were moving in, remember I had that panic weekend where I was crying, like, I don't know if we made the right decision. And I remember, you know, I'm a city girl and old oh, suburbs, but Metro Atlanta. And I just, um, 
I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. It's truly a different pace. It is. And we've already gotten to know our neighbors very well. And, hang and out we with them did frequently. hit the jackpot sure. with our neighbors and our neighborhood. And there's just, there's kids everywhere and it's fun and everybody just hangs out outside. I don't think we spent any time indoors the entire weekend from morning till night. Not really. And, and we are still in a neighborhood. We do have land. We've got yeah. uh, roughly 13 acres, but mm-hmm. it's in a neighborhood, right. which is also very uncommon. Uh, to have that size um, property, and, and virtually everybody does. Uh, yeah. So, again, it's a completely different lifestyle, but very fun. But We're loving it. it. Yeah. Oh, keep, keep up with us on social media. Um, we are renovating the house, and we've talked about that. But lots of pictures, and, you know, follow the Instagram, uh, Status Life with Lita, and, and stay on this journey, and I'll even post some pictures of the fur babies. All right. We do have a topic for today's show, but before we get there, I do want to cover a question that came from a listener yes, yes. through Facebook, and, and I'm going to just read it verbatim, and then we'll go from there. But you want so to say this something? question that came into me through Facebook, um, it this is from the last series that we just finished up about, you know, divorce was touched on because you're usually not blending a family if you have not been divorced. Um, some situations are widowed and we understand that. But so this question that came in, I just wanted to do a little preface on this. This is directed to our last series and it was a three-part series. Yes, Yes. Okay. Um, You read the question. So the question verbatim, it says, I've listened to your entire series on blending a family. I appreciate all your guidance and stories. I'm a single mom, not currently in a relationship, but would love to find someone special one day. My fear in dating again is blending with someone who has kids. If he doesn't have kids, he's probably not going to be a great role model because he's never experienced being a father. If he does have kids, and then she put in parentheses, if we get serious, we have to blend at some point. The whole idea terrifies me. I appreciate your honesty. And so I want to ask, and this is the question, can you tell me the number one hardest part of blending your families? Mm-hmm. What, when this came in and I read it, I just thought, she must be type A. Right? <laughs> like this is someone yeah. who is already going to the end and hasn't even taken step right, one yet. Exactly. But hey, I appreciate it. She's She's got kids. She is a mom. She's a planner. She is looking out for her family. So we are absolutely going to answer this question for her. But I'm going to put Derek in the hot seat because we <laughs> have just blended. And Derek, I'm going to let you in because there's got to be. Don't give me your super sweet fluff. Everything is great. What, as in, from a, a man's perspective, what is the has been the hardest part for you? Can I not mention the cats or the ferrets? You can say whatever you want. <laughs> well, no, no, uh, jokingly, yeah, she she's a cat person. I'm not. I'm a dog person. Uh, and then now we have the ferrets. But I would say the blending issue, the difficulty comes in parenting styles. It comes in uh, just... Uh, for me, my kids are older. I've kind of been there and done that with the stage in life with her kids, uh, where her kids are. There's a 10-year difference between my oldest and her oldest and my youngest and her youngest. So I'm kind of reliving, to some extent, those uh, times in, in uh, her kids' life, vicariously, that, that I had with my kids. Um, You're and, having a hard time getting there. <laughs> I'm trying to be... I know you are. I, I, not dance around the subject, but make sure I say it properly. Okay. I want to make sure I cover this. So it, it is different when you're parenting someone else's kids. Um, and there is a desire to to be a role model, to be involved in their life. Uh, her daughter and I have a great relationship. Her son and I have a great relationship. Her daughter refers to me as her BFF. We enjoy our time together. I've had alone time with her. I've had alone time with her son. We, we go and do things. Um, so I think that's um, probably 
for many people, the most difficult part is adjusting to you know each other in the relationship. You're, you're going to do that, but you also have to understand it's no longer just that one person. It's them plus their kids. And their dog. And, well, okay. And, and, their, and their cats. And their, and their cats. parrots. That's and, right. right. We are polar opposite in, right. just in that way. But. And so that, that can create hurdles. It can create difficulties. But the reality is, as long as you... Um, you know, are able to talk through it and continue to understand each other and work with each other, uh, you can always overcome any of those obstacles. So that was the really long-winded answer. And I'm an attorney. I get paid, I, <laughs> paid by the word. But I understand. <laughs> but this is the difference in us where I'm just more direct. I, if anyone listening to the show knows, like I will just cut it straight to the cloth. And Derek's going to take a sip of his water because he knows I'm about to make him very uncomfortable. So, yes, I get everything that you just said, but in being specific, when we first blended, you just came into my house bringing the clothes. We, we cleaned out a closet, and that was, for me, much, much, much easier. It was, we didn't have the dog. It was just you, and I know that our relationship is really, really solid, and so you came into my space welcoming that in this is a little different we are now combining spaces and I know I've had a much harder time with that because you know I was alone and I had my own house and I had my own cups in the cabinet and I had my own cats and I kind of had my and again this I think answers the question in a real direct way because if she's a single mom she has her own place to live and she has the way she does things a routine a routine it's just the blend when now you're you're combining everything you're combining dishes and you're combining pets and you're combining parenting styles and it can be a real challenge even in the best of relationships um so just you know yes be mindful of that just going into it saying it's going to be hard no matter how much you care about that person um you and i don't agree on parenting styles sometimes we do but sometimes we don't and that's been a real challenge for us and so even that i think that's really where stent the last series stemmed from you know yeah, is really so. um just understanding it and going through it i think every day that goes by you know we're, we're getting more settled and it's getting easier but i think it's it's been a tough couple months well yes and and one thing she didn't mention her name here but i would say that uh, also, too, to answer the question, if there is the extreme difficulty, counseling is always a, an opportunity for kids to go and be heard or for the couple to kind of not necessarily set ground rules, but understand how each other perceives their relationship and the actual blending as it moves forward. And that could also be very beneficial to to create a, a much easier blend, a much smoother blend. Um, I think our line of communication between you and me has been good in the sense that we've talked through lots of issues that could normally be roadblocks for other couples. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. And then the hard line for me is when we've talked through them and then they get derailed. <laughs> right? Like, and then it's, and yeah, but it's blending. It's not meant to be easy, right? You have your life, you had your house, you had your kids, you had your pets, and I had mine. And now we got to figure out how all that jives under one roof. And so just to say, 
of course it can be done. Families, people, they blend all the time. But go back and listen to the series. We go really in-depth with the do's and don'ts. Thank you for the question, by the way. I really appreciate that. I think that was a phenomenal question uh, with long-winded answers, but necessary. Uh, and if you go back and listen to the series or um, and you have questions, feel free. This one came through Messenger on Facebook. That is okay. I will still answer them one by one, even if I can't fit them into a future show. And so we've closed out the series on blending, but that yes. doesn't mean we're closing out the chance to, of course not. to address no, those. No, ask me anything you want. I'm an open book. I mean, that's what I'm here to do. Even moving forward to today's show, um, you know, this one... Well, yeah, speaking of tough. which, I know it, it hits really close to home for you. I know. That's why I wanted to do it. And, you know, honestly. Do you want to set it up? Well, you... let me just say this. I'm not going to go off on a soapbox, but being a podcaster and I have this platform, what I have found is it is easiest for me to build shows about what is directly going on in my life. Um, we did a show on uh, caring for the elderly, and that was so specific to the book and it was very relevant or if you know specific design styles like everything under the sun lifestyle that we have touched the easiest shows are when it is happening now so it is mm -hmm. fresh it is raw it is real you get a hundred percent of my thoughts and my emotion and that's why today is relevant even sitting down and, and telling you hey this is what I, I think I want to talk about because it's affecting me now well, I can I dig in deeper right the topic I, I know it, it is kind of hitting you personally and professionally yeah um, so again, do you want me to set this up? Or Go do you ahead. Want to set it up. Set it up. So, um, you know, we're talking about judgment, tearing each other down with gossip, uh, the frustration that comes with the uh, talking behind your back, the comments that are negative that are made to others. That you know, we always talk about gossip being a cancer, and and it's true. Gossip can lead to some very difficult things unnecessarily because of things that are said and opinions that are formed based on untruths or half-truths and people form opinions that they never should absolutely i don't have you know one term for this um derek you're the one with all the words so maybe you can help title this show but we want to take the negativity and we chose the two gossip specifically to dig into and we chose judgment and then at the end we're really gonna so we're gonna define those and we're gonna talk about why why people do these things and then at the end, we're really going to wrap up with ways to turn it around, whether you see yourself as a gossiper or a judgmental person, or you're the target of it. So we're going to hit on a couple different uh, levels today. Well, as I said, I know you feel it per personally and professionally, but let's kind of talk about the professional side of things first. Is okay. that good? Yeah, no, absolutely. So professionally, kind of give me some just examples, issues, things that, that would come to mind when we talk about gossip and judgment. Well, okay. I know as a business owner, it doesn't matter what the business is. I really set myself up for people to have an opinion, right? So that it can be an opinion or it can be true gossip. But that's a real fine line that a lot of people are going to skirt. So a lot of people, when you own a business, they're going to want to discuss your success or your failure. And I sure. think that's what makes failure so scary because it becomes publicly. I failed publicly. Well, what is that? That just means everybody's talking about it. And unfortunately, you some know? people want to celebrate the successes very little, but they want to exaggerate 
the failures to make them even worse than they may have been. And a lot of times, most times, and I'm sure everyone's heard this, the negativity, it's always more prevalent. You will hear way more negative things about a situation, about a business, about a restaurant, than you will positive. Reviews. How many times do you go to a business and, and even if you've had a great dinner there, you don't go and, and write a review about a good dinner, but you'll go and write a review about a bad one. And, but that's the place that people like to sit. And that's what I want to talk about today. I mean, part of this, it's human nature, the talking part, and it isn't always malicious, but sure, it can get there. And I know, again, mm -hmm. whether you are that person and chances are everyone has been that person who's been talked about and just how painful it can be. And so, there's a clear line, too, be between constructive criticism and negativity. That's exactly what I was going to say. I really pride myself, especially with my staff and my vendors, about accepting constructive criticism. I do not plan or I do not claim to know everything um, you know, I'm not a marketing expert. I'm not a business expert. I'm not an accounting expert, but I like to reach out and say, Hey, how do you do this? And a lot of times I know who on my staff are my key people who are my idea people. And I'll go to them. Hey, what do you think we should do for this event? What do you think we should do for this marketing? And they just run with ideas and that's not criticism, right? Mm -hmm. That we're think tank, we're doing this, we're doing that, but it changes real fast. Um, to criticism, and I know we're kind of getting off topic with um, gossip a little bit, but when it's unwarranted, and they'll come, and it's the tone, and it's, well, I see you're not doing very much marketing, or I see yes. my sales are really bad, or, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I own a vendor mall, and that's a very unique business that I own. 60 people pay rent to be a part of my store. 60. That's 60 people who think that they have a say. Mm -hmm. And on some level, they do. And technically, they are small right? business owners themselves because they have their their business being their, their spot in your vendor mall. Right. But the hard part is if you want to say, hey, I heard about this. It's like I get more negative and especially gossip. And that's where this has really fueled from, from because, you know, we just had a big transition with the store. And instead of taking this into a real positive experience, which it was, I mean, this is brand development. This was a huge step for me, a huge risk for me. And it was so stressful and it was so hard because of the negativity. Mm -hmm. I, I, I swear, I, was, I would look at you almost in tears and be like, why is everybody so negative? But that's the, the spot that a lot of people sit in. Sure, sure. And it fuels and it festers. It's that cancer. Right. And, and as you well know, I'm your number one fan. Always will be. Always have been. But yet, you're right. You would um, you know, hear the, the pushback. And everybody knows a lot more about it than, than they think you do. And so when they voice their opinions to you, it's, it's voiced one way. But when they voice the opinions to someone else behind your back, it's a little more forceful and a little more... I guess, argumentative in a way. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. But yet it's a different tone than how they may have approached you with. Sure. That's the gossip. Mm -hmm. it, all this was circling behind my back. And yet I have some very special people in my life who love me and care about me and were able to bring this to my attention. But it didn't make it any less painful. It just meant, 
you know, the defense part is, why don't you just trust me? Why don't you just ride this wave with me? Like, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm making all. And then when I had to sit down and explain every single decision and why I'm doing it, I shouldn't have to do that. Right. And, and these are people that was too really hard that don't see all the work that goes into making a decision that's going to affect your business. I mean, the time, the effort, the research, I go back to a time you and I went to a winery up in North Georgia and you remember the story. No, I don't know what you're referencing. Okay. Well, it was the end of the day. They were closing. We got a bottle of wine. They weren't doing tastings because of COVID, but yeah. we were able to purchase a bottle of wine. We sat on a patio. Yeah, I they remember closed. that. Right. Yeah. You remember what we did? We spent yeah. an hour and a half, just the two of us, mm -hmm. and everybody else left, and we worked. We went through business models and plans and payroll and, mm -hmm. and with a notepad and pen, sat there and hashed out a whole business plan, uh, you know, an hour and a half or so that we sat there. That's all the time, the effort, and the sweat equity that goes into, again, creating a business and running a business that those people that criticize don't understand a lot of time is spent trying to figure things out. Sure. It's not called trial and success. It's called trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah. No, no I remember all that. There are going to be things that are, are stumbling blocks, things that are going to come in the, in the path that you have to overcome to become a success, but it's always trial and error. Let's figure out if this is going to work. Yeah. I just didn't understand going through this situation why everybody had to have an opinion if this fails let me fail i i'm okay with that right right i'm right. a gambler let me roll the dice and if it doesn't work it's it's on me it's mm -hmm. not on you it's not on anybody else nobody and i'm okay with that pressure i almost thrive in it and yet i just felt so much negativity where it wasn't even in my life mm -hmm. you know I, I'm sitting here I'm excited I mean things that you and I did and I know we talked about it on a show because you and I physically did the renovation yes. the whole thing the painting the we caught a lot of slack for that <laughs> right. behind our backs uh -huh. I mean people went crazy with taking digs at me why is she making him paint he's an attorney how could he be what and then I heard what are you doing with me because I make you work. Why don't I let you rest? I mean, it was awful. Like the vultures were circling and we had fun. <laughs> that was it. We had a lot. We, I mean, did, we, we worked it. to the right. bone, but we had music going. I mean, late we, at night we camped out. Mm -hmm. You know, we would work till two in the morning. We had beers. Like we, I enjoy that. Right. I enjoy it's a, it's working a bonding with my hands. Element that comes you know, with that yeah, too. I was proud of us. And yet right. that is not the perception. And that's the hard part. That's what we're talking about right now is sitting you know i can say all this professionally but let's talk about it personally too i mean yeah well let's talk about the differences really between gossip and and judgment we kind of bounce around that a couple of times okay so let's let's dig in a little bit deeper to gossip and what it is all right so i have a a real definition here okay gossip is unconstrained and often derogatory conversation about other people and can involve betraying a confidence and spreading sensitive information or hurtful judgments. There you go. That's yeah. exactly the story that I just told because it, it was completely unnecessary and it was hurtful. Mm -hmm. It was that definition. It yeah. was, you know, circling it behind all people's those backs, categories, right? right? So, I mean, there's plenty of things um, personally. I mean, I know, I mean, I'm a female, you know, I've been gossiped about. I'm sure that I, I still am on some level. Um, again, I can speak to it more professionally because I'm out 
you know, my face, my brand, I'm out in the community more. And now, you know, with a podcast, my reach is even bigger. But think about it, you know, with celebrities. I mean, everybody feels like they have two cents and into their lives (laughs) and they don't even know these people, you know. Exactly. All right, Derek, go through why do people gossip? Uh, Well, there's kind of a bullet point list here. Number one is to feel superior. In other words, people that don't feel good about themselves kind of feel better temporarily by bringing others down. Sure. By negatively judging them or saying things that um, may or may not be true, but it's a way of making yourself feel superior. Next is out of boredom. So when people can generate interesting discussions based on something they know or, or may have heard, it can rouse people's interest. And so it's out of boredom. It's just a way to, to kind of stir the pot. Yeah. It's a phrase we use a lot. Out of envy. That's the next bullet point. Mm-hmm. So people gossip to hurt those that are more popular, talented, or the lifestyle they lead. They're envious of that. Next is to feel like part of the group. Yeah. I want a, a sense I want of to be included. And sure. Included. Right, right. And I can understand that, too. That That's one that I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Next is for attention. A person gets to be the center of attention temporarily when they divulge gossip. Hey, let me tell you what I heard. And everybody kind of circles around to hear what... That person has to said, spreading the gossip or the rumors, whether, again, it's true or not. And then finally, the last bullet point is out of anger or unhappiness. That's a and big one. Yeah, that, that is yeah. a big one. You, you and I have used the phrase, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. I had to use that recently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've yeah, Someone have found myself in a, in a hurt situation. And... Um, yeah, and, and that's going to be on the wrap-up because because that's one of the reasons, right, 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 that they gossip. And, and we've heard the phrase, misery loves company. Sure, being able to understand that as a fundamental concept and taking it off of you and, and realizing that this person, and it, again, there's a that whole bullet point list. It's not always the hurt. Sometimes they're bored. Sometimes they want to feel included. And I know that as you were reading that, all I'm doing is thinking about the people in my life. Different people would pop into right. my head like, oh, for yeah, to feel superior. Oh, I know. For I rem- different bullet points, you different know, reasons. That would be, I'm just making up a name, but that would be Sandy or, you know, yep, I got that. I mean, I'm <laughs> right. hoping everybody that's listening is going, yep, you know, uh-huh. that's my, my aunt or whatever it is, whoever in your life. Um, so, again, there is a ton of reasons, um, but we will wrap it up. So, just specific to gossip, the last couple things I want to say. I cannot stress enough, as a business owner, keep it out of the workplace. Please, please, please. There is no place for that. If you hear someone gossiping, shut it down. It makes you the better person. Leaning in and wanting to hear it, as intriguing as that may be, no, no. Be the stronger person. Find your own Mm -hmm. self-worth and realize that there's no relevance to it and walk away. When the person trying to spread the gossip gets a rejection response. Oh, yeah. They're going to understand real quick that that that's not. Yeah, this this isn't the person I need to go to. No, not at all. Not at all. And I'm telling you, you will be much, much, much more respected Mm -hmm. and liked if you are not that person. I think of my closest friends who are not gossips at all. And these women, they are vaults. I would trust them with my life. And that's why, because they don't listen to it. They don't Mm -hmm. hear it. um, And it makes them, you know. They don't form opinions based on what they hear. Not at all. And if they did hear something, more likely than not, they're going to know better anyway and reject it. Yep. Uh, It just breeds toxic energy. Morale goes down. And 
I had, uh, we do a lot of formal sales training, and in one of our meetings, uh, this national, uh, what, what is his title? Um, expert. Perfect. He's an expert. And he told me specific to my business, if I have someone who gossips, if they are on my staff, that is immediate grounds to let them go over anything else. Gossip, it is cancer and it brings down the whole team. And I am telling you that that rings so true based on what we just oh, absolutely through. should have been exciting. And yet I have had I have just been like pulling apart the cancer. Mm-hmm since one of the most exciting things I've done in my career, all because of gossip. Yeah, yeah, and then... And judgment, let's go judgment, into that. I, was gonna say, I mean, well, that's I don't huge, wanna, too. I don't want to skip that. We, no. we were going to talk about the differences between the two, but let's go to judgment. Ugh, judgment. So it's difficult, right? All this is... I mean, we're not talking about anything that's fun. We're going to go back to interior design next week, right? <laughs> okay. But again, it's relevant. <laughs> Yay! Um, all right. So this can go both ways because... It doesn't necessarily, you know, judgment doesn't necessarily have to be a bad word. Sometimes there's a difference in making judgments and being judgmental, okay? Making judgments comes from a balanced and neutral mind, but judgmentalism, that's a new word, right? That That comes from an imbalanced and reactive mind that is seeking to protect itself from being hurt by others. So that's the, the one of the definitions of mm-hmm. the difference, right, between judgment and being judgmental. So being judgmental, it's, it's not all bad. Um, you know, you're able to make clear decisions, possibly avoid a bad situation, but that is also a fine line. It is. It definitely is. And I could see how it would, um, you know, potentially avoid some, some bad situations, Um by an educated judgment. I, I always want to make sure we, we base a judgment on something other than an opinion or gossip. If you have facts, and again, this is the attorney side of me. Yeah, you're speaking like one right oh, now. But that's I want the a point. factual basis to form a judgment. Sure. And so when I look this up, judgment, it truly went into a legal definition. It the should. judgments of the case. I mean, it, mm-hmm. everything I read. So I had to do a little bit more searching. And of course, I always do a lot of research for my shows. But what I read was judgment of another person because Derek, as an attorney, you just went right to that legal. That's great Mm -hmm. because that should be the black and white. So where judgment, uh, I feel like really crosses that line is when you're basing your judgment on gossip. Right. Right. Exactly. That's not fact. That's not fact. So here's the judgment of another person. When we are judgmental, we are critically nitpicking and finding fault with another person, group of people, idea or situation critically nitpicking <laughs> that's that's a definition but that's exactly. what you're doing right, right 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 yeah that that's a perfect two-word definition right there critically nit- nitpicking yeah a lot of times you know it, well, there was a lot in there about using judgment as a defense mechanism for yourself it's like i can i can judge you and i can pick apart life so I don't have to look at my own. I can feel better about myself if I can tear you down. Justify some of the things I may be doing or some of the things that have gone on in my life by tearing you down. By tearing you down. Right. Sure. Well, I know you had an example of a friend um, that you were trying to help. Well, I did. And so this is a really good example 
because it sits on, uh, it's going to talk about both sides. So when I tell this story, you guys, I want you to kind of maybe decipher how you see it and, and, and try to hear it from both sides. So I had a friend who was in a really tough marriage, um, married to an addict, and the addiction went from alcohol addiction, um, possibly some rehab in there, but never really got clean and sober, just went more towards the pills and the marijuana route. And I'm watching this and I'm truly feeling for my friend. Really was, I, my intentions were never malicious and there were children involved and I really felt like the children were suffering, suffering and the finances were suffering and the husband was, was struggling to keep a job because of the addiction issues. So I feel like that was very justified, that I'm worried about my friend and I'm worried about all of these things that I'm, I'm seeing happen in her life. I'm going to interject there. You, everything you listed, those are factual observations you can make. Okay, but but let me finish the story because her side was very relevant and was very eye-opening to me. Okay. okay. So as we're going through this and I'm, in my mind, just trying to be helpful and you know, maybe you should go, maybe you should leave, maybe, you know, there's an addiction issue here. There's a financial issue here. Um, Safety of kids. All of that, you know, trying to do things to help, you know, taking the kids, uh, truly anything, being a confidant, just trying to be a good friend, but also giving opinions and trying to give advice. But what was happening is my friend was not willing to hear it. My friend was still enabling. She was seeming to be in denial about the situation. And what was coming back at me was she said I was being judgmental. You're being extreme, you know, basically leave me alone. That's what it came down to, a, a big argument. And in that argument, it was... You're just judging. All I feel from you is just judgment. Mm -hmm. That's anger. She was kind of lashing. I understand, but it was because I, I thought, well, wait a minute. I, I'm trying to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, I've my situation was different, but I've been through a divorce. I have kids. I am a mom. You know, I was trying to do things that I thought would help further her life, and yet all she felt was mm -hmm. judgment. So where. You're saying, okay, this is factual. No matter what the facts were, she wasn't receiving that. There's still that. a disconnect. She, she got angry with me and didn't want to acknowledge it. So my point is this can go both ways, and I see it. I'll use sure. myself as an example, right, where the judger, the judge, is has good intentions, and yet um, it, it was received very negatively. So right, right, this right. is hard. It's that tightrope. Yeah, that's right? difficult. That's a very difficult situation. As I said, the observations you talked about are all fact-based. If they're an addict, if there's safety involving the kids, if it's a financial issue, I mean, all those things are factual-based observations that lead to a conclusion, but she just didn't like the conclusion. And ultimately, uh, you know, I don't know how that wound up, but um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your advice kind of fell on deaf ears. Yeah, it did. It really did. Um, and, and at that point, I just had to walk away. And, and, it's probably and hear, best. you know what? She's just hearing judgment. And mm -hmm. if there's no acknowledgement to the issues, if they're still enabling, if, if, you know, she thinks that she's happily married, that's her marriage. I did what I can right, do. Right. I said my piece. Um, and that's all I can do. And it was time to walk away. All right. So let's talk about ways to turn things around. 
let's make this happier, right? right? This, I mean, Come I know it's a heavy topic, but I, I guarantee you, everyone listening is going is, yep, yep. You know, I, you just you think about these people in your life. So, all right, let's get through this. Uh, here's what you, here's how you turn it around. So, you ha- we talked about it, Derek. You used the quote that I've had to use recently with someone: "Hurt people, hurt people." What you have to know out of that is the person doing the gossip, casting the judgment, it is their pain. There is something within themselves that is painful. Have you ever heard um, there's only fundamentally two emotions or two uh, love, love and fear? That is it. That is the root of everything. If you're sitting in fear if you're sitting in ego if you're sitting in anger like that's truly all on one side that is all fear-based emotion okay okay? um and and that you have to understand that that's where they sit that person is feeling something within themselves and they're projecting it outwardly and that's really hard because when it's being projected on you it doesn't make it any less painful especially in the moment right but if you have that understanding you're able to just take a breath Take the punches and step back and say, this is not about me. This is not about me. I can see that person's pain. I can see why they're saying all these things about me behind my back. They're just deflecting. There's something within them, whether it is the judgment or whether it is the gossip, that is so painful that they can't sit with it in themselves. Deflecting and projecting. Mm -hmm. And that projection of their anger within themselves to you is what creates a lot of the problems. Hurting people often do not love themselves enough so they look for love and approval from others hurting people mm-hmm. okay sure, and sure. that goes back to the gossip list or the judgment list they're looking for that approval they're going to have that lean in but that's the basis of it they don't love themselves enough and so you have to you have to sit with that i do have a definition and i have to give the author credit because i did not write this uh her name is alana palm what a beautiful name uh she wrote this she's there so let's piggyback off the hurt people their reactions stem from past experiences that lead them to certain beliefs that they accepted as truth they are actually preconceived ideas projected onto others to protect their own ego so something is wounded inside of them that they're projecting they've got preconceived ideas i thought that was very eloquently stated yeah yeah, that sums it up very very well yeah um all right so instead of taking taking it personally recognize it for what it is love the person anyways that's all you can do that's all you can do is just say you know what this is not about me um, I've had to do that professionally, again, where, where some things have, have kind of gone astray. It's not about me. I look at that person, um, you know, deep depression, difficult. All right. So do you want to get to the list? Yeah, I was going to say we have we're, time? We're, we're running close on time, but, but I think we can go through these very quickly. It's, um, I, I saw the list here, 13 signs you're a judgmental person. So yeah, what if you're sitting here listening to this and thinking, well, shoot, that was a really good example. You, me, mm-hmm. I gave an example of myself and how it was perceived as judgment. And I'm sitting here saying, but I wasn't trying to judge you. I was just trying to help you. Okay. So I'm going to go through a list that I found from, it's the Loner Wolf blog. This is, you know, part of my research. Um, Derek, you take number one. Let's just go through these real quick. Right, so please. hold on a second. I want you to listen to this list 
that Derek and I are about to read and decide if you are a judgmental person. Right. And that's what I was going to reiterate. 13 signs that you are a judgmental person. All right. Number one, you believe that everyone is out to get you. Number two, you expect other people to be consistent all the time. Number three, you struggle to see beyond a person's flaws. Number four, you easily skip to the conclusions. Number five, you struggle to tolerate ambiguity and uncertainty. Number six, you're intolerant of people unlike you. (laughs) Number seven, you're generally pessimistic about life. Number eight, you tend to believe people are either good or bad. Nine, you struggle to truly appreciate or see the beauty in others. Number 10, you have low self-worth. 11, you feel anxious around other people. Number 12, you're suspicious and untrusting. And then finally, 13, you have a strong inner critic who judges you. Yeah. Be honest. How many of these signs can you relate to? Not you, Derek. You don't have to answer. That's <laughs> rhetorical for you. <laughs> I was that was say, to all of my <laughs> listeners, okay? Did you receive any strong or uncomfortable feeling while reading this list? There were a couple of them that I went, you know. Yeah, there was yeah. a pause here and there. Yeah. You, number seven, you're generally pessimistic about life. That's not you. No, you not at You are not all. pessimistic no, at all. It, were it, you thinking of someone? Right, right. It, it makes me think as I'm reading these. Right. No, I'm truly not pessimistic. No, not at all. I didn't didn't take that. But it does. It makes you think about the people. And, you know, sometimes um, I gave the advice, you know, you just have to love them anyway. And sometimes even in in my recent situations, personally and professionally, I've had to I've had to push some people at arm's length and say, you know what, maybe this is a season. Maybe they're going through something. Um, You know, I can either pull them close and love them through it or if it's going to bring me down and it's going to pull me into this negative spot, then I got to push them away. Doesn't mean forever, but it just means that it's not about me. And there's some healing to be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm better without. I I truly live my life wide open. I mean, anybody listening to the show knows I, I go full speed every day. I do not get bogged down. So for me to do a full show because I've been bogged down, it's almost therapeutic. Like I had to just get it out and and give people the ways to heal because that's very healing for me. I agreed. Agreed. Well, before we close, do you want to give everybody all the information about how to find you and your website? Yeah, come find me. Statuslifewithlita.com. That's the blog podcast. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know anything about it. Uh, Status Life with Lita, L-E-T-A, on Instagram and the same on Facebook. Send me the DMs. Send the questions. I love them. Uh, again, I'll try to incorporate anything I can into the show. And if I can't, I will respond to you one-on-one. And come by the store. I have a two. Yeah, I have a retail store, two of them uh, in Metro Atlanta, right off I-20, off I-85 North. But we do sell online. Status, that's right. that's Status, exactly right. S-T-A-T-U-S, that's the name of all my brands. Status Market and Design is my online store with home decor and gifts. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by Status Home Design and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. This program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. 